Hi everyone! Welcome to another episode of the Radium Girls. So this month is birthday month. Birthday month. It's birthday, birthday month, month for month. me. <laughs> and um, so to kick it off, we're gonna do Chernobyl. I'm excited because I <laughs> love this. Well, I don't know if I should say it. I, like, I love this story, <laughs> but I mean, it's a crazy part of history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's talk about the meltdown. And if you're a new listener, I'm Valerie. And I'm Sarah. Welcome. We're the Radium Girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's jump right in. So on April 26, 1986, the world's worst nuclear power plant accident occurred at the Chernobyl nuclear power station in the Soviet Union. 32 people died and dozens more suffered radiation burns in the opening days of the crisis, but only after Swedish authorities reported the fallout did Soviet authorities reluctantly admit that an accident had occurred. The Chernobyl station was situated at the settlement of Pripyat, about 65 miles north of Kiev in the Ukraine. Built in the late 1970s on the banks of the Pripyat River, Chernobyl had four reactors each capable of producing 1,000 megawatts of electric power. On the evening of April 25, 1986, a group of engineers began an electrical engineering experiment on the number 4 reactor. The engineers, who had little knowledge of reactor physics, wanted to see if the reactor's turbine could run emergency water pumps on inertial power. The Chernobyl plant used four Soviet-designed RBMK-1000 nuclear reactors. Whatever that means. I don't know. A design that's now universally recognized as inherently flawed. Well, that sucks. RBMK reactors were of a pressure tube design that used an enriched U-235 uranium dioxide fuel to heat water, creating steam that drives the reactor's turbines and generates electricity, according to the World Nuclear Association. In most nuclear reactors, water is also used as a coolant and to moderate the reactivity of the nuclear core by removing the excess heat and steam. But the RBMK-1000 used graphite to moderate the core's reactivity and to keep a continuous nuclear reaction occurring in the core. As the nuclear core heated and produced more steam bubbles, the core became more reactive, not less, creating a positive feedback loop that engineers refer to as a positive void coefficient. Technicians on reactor number four at the Soviet plant in Ukraine hoped to ascertain whether the reactor turbine could power the cooling pumps in case of electrical failure. They did this by running the reactor on low power but disabling emergency safety systems, including the automatic shutdown. The increasingly unstable reactor overheated but tests weren't canceled, regulations were ignored, and mistakes piled up until 1.23 a.m. when a chain reaction in the core caused a power surge and meltdown. The reactor exploded, sending flames and radioactive material 300 meters into the sky. That's crazy. (laughs) That is crazy. Two massive explosions blew the 1,000-ton roof off of one of the plant's reactors, releasing 400 times more radiation than the atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima. Wow. That's That's insane. Automatic safety systems that would normally have kicked into action did not because they had been shut off prior to the test. The interaction of very hot fuel with the cooling water led to fuel fragmentation along with rapid steam production and an increase in pressure. 
The design characteristics of the reactor were such that substantial damage to even three or four fuel assemblies would and did result in destruction of the reactor. The overpressure caused the 1,000-ton cover plate of the reactor to become partially detached, rupturing the fuel channels and jamming all the control rods, which by that time were only halfway down. Intense steam generation then spread throughout the whole core, fed by water pumped into the core due to the rupture of the emergency cooling circuit, causing a steam explosion and releasing fission products to the atmosphere. What followed was a tragic and costly cover-up. Firefighters arrived at the scene within minutes and began to fight the blaze without gear to protect them from the radiation. Firefighters weren't informed of the radiation, so they were exposed to fatal doses while the evacuation of the nearby city of Pripyat didn't begin for 36 hours. 36 hours. Yeah. Oh, man. It was only after monitoring stations in Sweden, 620 miles away, picked up high radioactivity in the air that the accident was made public on Russian news. Many of them would soon become part of the 28 killed by acute radiation exposure. That's sad. That is sad. They had no idea what they were getting into. I don't know. Like, I feel like if I were going to, if I, if I didn't know that was some sort of a radiation plant, then yeah, I would see that. But I feel like if I knew I'm going to a radiation plant and there's a fire. Oh, yeah. yeah give me some protection. That's true. If I ain't going. <laughs> That's I don't know, sad. Maybe they didn't really know better even if they did know. I mean, I this know. was, ni- what, 1986? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's 1986. <laughs> So I don't know. Maybe, maybe they they didn't know. Yeah, they had to do something. Mm-hmm. Eyewitness accounts of the firefighters who had helped battle the fires described the radiation as tasting like metal and feeling pain like pins and needles on their faces, according to the CBC documentary series Witness. The explosion killed two plant workers, the first of several workers to die within hours of the accident. By the afternoon of April 26th, the Soviet government had mobilized troops to help fight the blaze. Some were dropped off at the rooftop of the reactor to furiously shovel debris off the facility and spray water on the exposed reactor to keep it cool. For the next several days, as emergency crews tried desperately to contain the fires and radiation leaks, the death toll climbed as plant workers succumbed to acute radiation sickness. And we know that's not a fun thing to have from our previous stories. Mm -mm. The workers were picked up within seconds to minimize their radiation exposure. It would take nearly two weeks. The initial fire was stifled about 5 a.m., but the resulting graphite-fueled fire took 10 days and 250 firefighters to extinguish it, according to NEA. However, toxic emissions continued to be pumped into the atmosphere for an additional 10 days. So crazy how radiation just does that. I know. So crazy. Radiation is wild. It is wild. Scary. Mm -hmm. Most of the radiation released from the failed nuclear reactor was from fission products iodine-131, cesium-134, and cesium-137. Iodine-131 has a relatively short half-life of 8 days, but is rapidly ingested through the air and tends to localize in the thyroid gland. Oof. That sucks. Mm. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> cesium isotopes have longer half-lives. Cesium-137 has a half-life of 30 years and are a concern for years after their release into the environment. Emergency crews responding to the accident use helicopters to pour sand and boron on the reactor debris. The sand was to stop the fire and additional releases of radioactive material. The boron was to prevent additional nuclear reactions. Evacuations of Pripyat commenced on April 27th, about 36 hours after the accident had occurred. By that time, many residents were already complaining about vomiting, headaches, and other signs of radiation sickness. Man. Officials closed off an 18-mile area around the plant by May 14th, evacuating another 116,000 residents. That's a lot of people. That's a lot. Gotta evacuate the whole place. Mm -hmm. Within the next few years, 220,000 more residents were advised to move to less contaminated areas, according to the World Nuclear Association. The next few years. (laughs) That's a lot. They're getting a lot of radiation. And 220,000 more residents. Yeah, that's crazy. So this is almost 350,000 people. Yeah. I'm scared to get, like... More than one x-ray a year. No, we're, like, living in it. <laughs> They're living in it. Yes. They're living in that constant x-ray. For years. <laughs> That's insane. I mean, if you're over there, like, vomiting, throwing up. Yeah. And headaches. Mm. I don't think I'll stay. Mm-mm. But I don't know if they, like, paid them to stay. I can't remember. I mean, not stay, but leave. Oh, I was like, um, <laughs> I'm just, to leave. <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out. Like, yeah. what, I'm like, you what, what would be my, well, yeah, what would be my dollar amount, like, to stay? <laughs> right. How much would I stay <laughs> Good job, Val. <laughs> uh, it's a question at the end. <laughs> yeah. How much would you stay for? <laughs> I just had a thought about that, but I'm not trying to say... Oh, the most radioactive man. Didn't mm-hmm. they evacuate people there? I think around it, yeah. But I don't think it was like... Was it like three miles? Five miles? Eight miles? Ten miles? I feel like I it feel was like pretty close. Three or something Yeah, like that. three. And it was only fucking day, wasn't it? I don't remember. I don't know. It was like really soon. So this is like quadruple that, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. 18 miles. it took days for soviet leadership to inform the international community that the disaster had occurred the soviet government made no official statement about the global scale accident until swedish leaders demanded an explanation when operations of a nuclear power plant in stockholm registered unusually high radiation levels near their plant Finally, on April 28th, the Kremlin reported that there had been an accident at Chernobyl and that authorities were handling it. The statement was followed by a state broadcast detailing the U.S. nuclear accident at Three Mile Island and other nuclear incidents in Western countries. Three days later, Soviet May Day parades to celebrate workers went ahead as usual in Moscow, Kiev, and Belarus's capital, Minsk even as hazardous amounts of radiation were still streaming from the wrecked power plant. (laughs) Brave. (laughs) No words. Yeah. 
Most people, even within the Ukraine, were still unaware of the accident, the deaths, and the hasty evacuations of Pripyat. The radioactive cloud was deposited nearby as dust and debris, but was also carried by wind over the Ukraine, Belarus, Russia, Scandinavia, and other parts of Europe. Mm. In an attempt to contain the fallout, on May 14th, Soviet leader Mikhail... Gorbachev. Good job. <laughs> good job. I would have butchered that. I don't know if that's right, but it I sounded pretty good. <laughs> We're just going with it. We're roll with it. <laughs> okay, so he ordered a dispatch of hundreds of thousands of people, including firefighters, military reservists, and miners, to the site to aid in cleanup. The corpse worked steadily often with inadequate protective gear, through 1989 to clear debris and contain the disaster. Okay, so when you said uh, firefighters, military, and miners, when you say miners, you mean, like, coal miners? Yeah. Okay, because my mind went to, like, Like miners? miners? (laughs) (laughs) I was was like, wait, what? We're sending kids to, like, get sick? (laughs) I'll put a picture of some coal miners. (laughs) My bad. <laughs> Coal miners. Coal miners. On April 29th, 1986, spy satellite photos provide U.S. officials with their first glimpse of the devastation wrought by the Chernobyl disaster. On May 4th, may the 4th be with you too. myself (laughs) oh that's funny i make myself laugh okay (laughs) may 4th 1986 liquid nitrogen is pumped underneath the dead reactor in order to cool it other aspects of the cleanup which involves up to 800,000 workers include bulldozing contaminated villages shooting contaminated pets and livestock that's so sad Oh, poor babies. And burying huge amounts of contaminated topsoil. May 6, 1986. Radioactive emissions drop sharply, possibly because the fire in the core has burned itself out. Meanwhile, Soviet officials finally close schools in Kiev and advise residents to stay inside and to not eat leafy vegetables. They finally let the schools, like, close schools? Like, finally? Finally. (sighs) Come on. (laughs) May 8th, 1986. Workers finished draining about 20,000 tons of radioactive water from the basement under the core. Wow. What did they drain it to? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So, have you heard of Chernobyl's elephant foot? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So deep within the basement of Reactor 4 lies the Chernobyl's elephant's foot, a huge mass of melted concrete, sand, and highly radioactive nuclear fuel. The mass was named for its wrinkled appearance, which reminded some observers of the wrinkled skin of an elephant's leg and foot. Hmm. In the 1980s, the elephant's foot gave off an estimated 10,000 rentgens of of radiation each hour, enough to kill a person three feet away in less than two minutes. Wow. It was radioactive. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm very passionate. <laughs> Radioactive. Radioactive. Yes. I'm waking up. I feel it. <laughs> oh my gosh. You will feel it in your bones. Yeah. <laughs> By 2001, that rate had dropped to roughly 800 ringgans per hour. So, I mean, that's still... Okay, so you went from two minutes to ten minutes. Right, it's still dangerous and it's still there. Yeah. Ukraine's government declared in 1995 that 125,000 people have died from the effects of Chernobyl radiation. Dang. A 2005 report from the United Nations Chernobyl Forum estimated that while fewer than 50 people were killed in the months following the accident, 28 of the workers at Chernobyl died in the first four months following the accident, according to the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission, (laughs) (laughs) including some heroic workers who knew they were exposing themselves to deadly levels of radiation in order to secure the facility from further radiation leaks. They're the heroes. Yeah. They're the heroes. Taking one for the team. They sacrificed themselves for strangers. Mm -hmm. Oh, they (laughs) sure did! (laughs) (laughs) So would you stack it (laughs) down? Question of the day. I mean, but if I'm going to be a firefighter or a policeman or something in that, yeah, that's what I'm signing Mm. up for. But I didn't sign up for that. That's true. Me either. (laughs) Not for a stranger. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I think it might be situational, but for the most part, it's a no for me. It depends on the situation. Yeah. Like if it was a kid? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I probably would for a kid. Yeah. But I have my own kid. I don't want to leave him behind. So what if... Like, what if, like, a statue was falling and then there was a kid under it? Oh, I'd tr- do my best to save both of us. Like, well, you know. you, like, push him out of the way and then... You like, get- like <laughs> Meg on Hercules? Girl, I don't remember that movie. Oh, my gosh. It fell on her. The thing... I think she went to save Hercules, um, and it fell on her and her spirit. That's when he went and dove to get her spirit? I don't remember the movie. You don't remember... Oh, my gosh. I haven't seen it in so long. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, probably. I would probably try. And if it landed on me, it landed on me. If it was a kid, yeah. So if you were on a train and. <laughs> and what? You, you know the rest? If you, you hit one person or you hit like five people, like, oh, which way would you go? I forgot. I forgot what those kind of if I had to, If I had to. Um, decision for it to go this way or this way you kill one person or you kill five people yeah i would kill one person yeah unless that one person is somebody you know right isn't that how it goes i don't know i think that's how it goes one person you know and five strangers which one would you do it depends on who that one person is (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's hard (laughs) yeah that's really hard okay anyway (laughs) (laughs) that's not our question for today (laughs) we're just asking questions yeah (laughs) would still like your thoughts though yeah (laughs) between 1991 and 2015 1991 (laughs) (laughs) represent represent it's birth month and we're talking about birth year why are we the way we are I don't know okay 
as many as 20,000 cases of thyroid issues were diagnosed in patients that were under the age of 18 in 1986 when this happened. While there may be still additional cases of cancer that emergency workers, evacuees, and residents may experience throughout their lifetimes, the known overall rate of cancer deaths and other health effects directly related to Chernobyl's radiation link is lower than what was initially feared. The majority of the 5 million residents living in contaminated areas received very small radiation doses comparable to natural background levels, 0.1 rem per year. According to an NRC report, today is the available evidence does not strongly connect the accident to radiation-induced increases of leukemia or solid cancer other than thyroid cancer. Some experts have claimed that unsubstantiated fear of radiation poisoning led to greater suffering than the actual disaster. For example, many doctors throughout Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union advised pregnant women to undergo abortions to avoid bearing children with birth defects or other disorders, though the actual level of radiation exposure these women experienced was likely too low to cause any problems. That sucks. It's like they're going, they have to, they're like, they're... These women probably aborted their child because they were scared. They were convinced that their child was going to come out with some sort of disorder or defect. Mm -hmm. But it was likely not. You know what's crazy? I was was watching this um, thing on, I don't know, Hulu or something. And it's about people, uh, this one doctor who was convincing women to get abortions or... I'm sorry, not that, the opposite, who was convincing women who were there to get abortions to have their baby mm-hmm. so that he could give them up, or like they could give them up for adoption. And he was selling mm-hmm. these babies out his back door of the clinic for a thousand bucks. Dang. Yeah, this was like the 50s, I think. We're going to do a story on him because it's very interesting. There's a lot more detail into that, but basically that's what it was. They would go in for an abortion. He'd convince them to have the baby. They wouldn't carry the baby to full term. I don't want to give you too much, too many details, but it kind of sounds familiar. You might've heard of it, but it's really interesting. We're Mm. definitely going to cover him. Okay. So yeah, kind of the opposite here. They're being convinced to actually have the abortion. That's sad. Yeah. I mean, don't know, Mm -mm. but, I guess it's too late. Yeah. In 2000, the United Nations published a report on the effects of the Chernobyl accident that was so full of unsubstantiated statements that have no support in scientific assessments, according to the chairman of UNSCEAR. <laughs> that was kind of hard. <laughs> that it was eventually dismissed by most authorities. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Robert Gale, a hematologist who treated radiation victims after the accident, estimated that more than one million abortions were undertaken in the Soviet Union and Europe as a result of incorrect advice from their doctors about radiation exposures and birth defects following the accident. One million. That's crazy. Abortions. Mm. That's one million babies. That's crazy. All those people. Dang. Yep. Why do all, all the people get birthed? I get their fear, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, some were born with, like, defects and stuff like that, so, uh, yeah, I'd be scared. Mm-hmm. Shortly after the radiation leaks from Chernobyl occurred, the trees and the woodlands surrounding the plant were killed by high levels of radiation. 
This region came to be known as the Red Forest because the dead trees turned a bright ginger color. The trees were eventually bulldozed and buried in the trenches. So I've been playing this game on Steam. Well, I haven't played it in a minute. But it's called Chernobylite. And it's basically, like, about the same thing. And you, like, kill people and stuff. And, like, radiation and stuff. And it's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Val game for sure, it sounds like. (laughs) It's fun. I haven't beat it yet. (laughs) (laughs) But do recommend. The damage reactor was hastily sealed in a concrete sarcophagus. (laughs) I like the way you said that. (laughs) Intended to contain the remaining radiation according to the NRC. However, there is ongoing intense scientific debate over how effective the sarcophagus has been and will continue to be in the future. An enclosure called the New Safe Confinement Structure began construction in late 2006 after stabilizing the existing sarcophagus. <laughs> the new structure completed in 2017 <laughs> is 843 feet wide, which is 257 meters, 530, 531 feet long, which is 162 meters, and 356 feet tall, which is 108 meters, and designed to completely enclose Reactor 4 and its surrounding sarcophagus for at least the next 100 years according to the World Nuclear News. Wow. It's crazy. Yep. Despite the contamination of the site and the inherent risk in operating a reactor with serious design flaws, the Chernobyl nuclear plant continued operation to meet the power needs of Ukraine until its last reactor, Reactor 3, was shut down in in December of 2000. Reactors 2 and 1 were shut down in 1991 and 1996, respectively. Complete decommissioning of the site is expected to be completed by 2028. That's a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. We've got six more years. Mm-hmm. We'll have to cover this story in six more years. And this was in 86 has happened. Right? Oh, 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 when the, yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, my bad. I misunderstood. Yep. It was a long time. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me how many math years that is. Do it yourself. <laughs> Do it yourself. <laughs> Essence, drop a comment down below. <laughs> how many years that is. 86 to 2028. <laughs> <sighs> the plant... <laughs> I'm sorry. It's funny because it's 14 years to 2000 and then you add 28. It's pretty easy. It's 42. Don't ask me how you're doing it. Like, why is that so easy for me to, like, think about? But I can't. I don't know. <laughs> I, and if it's not 42, then I'm done with... Wait. 28. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even going to try. I trust you. <laughs> it's almost half a century. From the time that it exploded to the time that, you know, it'll fully be... If if that's when it happens. It may not happen until 2030. Oh, true. Okay. The plant, the ghost towns of Pripyat and Chernobyl, and the surrounding land make up a thousand square mile exclusion zone, which is restricted to nearly everyone except for scientists and government officials. Almost 36 years after the Chernobyl nuclear power plant exploded in the world's worst nuclear accident, turns out that nuclear reactions are still smoldering away inside even today. Pieces of uranium fuel 
buried beneath the power plant's wreckage have started to flare up in new nuclear fission reaction. In the face of a potential repeat disaster, experts are now scrambling to figure out if the radioactive embers will die out on their own or if someone needs to go in and take care of it. That's terrifying. I know. I'm so glad that's nowhere near here. Mm -hmm. I feel bad for the people who experience this firsthand and, you know, all that, but dang. It's like the embers are in a barbecue pit. (laughs) University of Sheffield nuclear chemist Neil Hyatt told science. It's terrifying. Mm Mm-hmm. But I kind of want to go there and, like, explore. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to wear a suit? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's not as bad. You can get the little reader thing oh that's true yeah i forget they make those yeah they do tours sometimes do they like i don't know if they're legal (laughs) (laughs) but i've seen on youtube Ah. (laughs) they do tours around it interesting damn that'd be fun we got a lot of places on our list oh right yeah (laughs) the institute for safety problems of nuclear power plants yeah they need one of those Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm A nuclear safety organization in Kiev, Ukraine, found that the strength of the runaway nuclear reactions seems to be growing in strength. But that increase is happening slowly, so officials should have a few years to first determine whether a new accident could happen and then find the best way to prevent it. But before they can share any lessons, they need to actually reach the active uranium. The fact that it's buried underneath concrete coupled with dangerous levels of radioactivity will make tackling this growing problem particularly difficult. I would say so. I would say so, too. (laughs) (laughs) About our suit up. Yeah. (laughs) The specter of self-sustaining fission in the nuclear ruins has long haunted Chernobyl. When part of the Unit 4 reactor's core melted down on the 26th of April, 1986, uranium fuel rods... There is zirconium cladding, graphite control rods, and sand pumped on, on the core to try to extinguish the fire melted together into a lava. It flowed into the reactor hall's basement rooms and hardened into formations called fuel-containing materials, which are laden with about 170 tons of iridated uranium, 95% of the original fuel. Dang. The concrete and steel sarcophagus called the shelter, erected one year after the accident to house Unit 4's remains, allowed rainwater to seep in. Because water slows or moderates neutrons and thus enhances their odds of striking and splitting uranium nuclei, heavy rains would sometimes send neutron counts soaring. After a downpour in June of 1990, June, shout out. (laughs) Finally! Take a shot. <laughs> take a shot. <laughs> it's birthday month. You got to take a shoot. Yes. Two shots for the whole episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a stalker scientist at Chernobyl who risks radiation exposure to venture into the damaged reactor hall dashed in and sprayed gadolinium nitrate solution, which absorbs neutrons, on an FCM that he and his colleagues feared might go critical. Several years later, the plant installed gadolinium nitrate sprinklers in the shelter's roof, but the spray can't effectively penetrate some basement rooms. Today, the region, including within the exclusion zone, is filled with a variety of wildlife that have thrived without interference from humans. Thriving populations of wolves, deer, lynx, beaver, eagles, boar, elk, bears, and other animals have been documented in the dense woodlands that now surround the silent power plant. 
such as stunted trees growing in the zone of highest radiation, and animals with high levels of cesium-137 in their bodies are known to occur. Humans, on the other hand, aren't expected to repopulate the area anytime soon. Ukrainian authorities have said it will not be safe for people to live in the Chernobyl exclusion zone for more than 24,000 years. Dang! That's insane. I know. Wow. Today, tourists can visit the site, which appears frozen in time, apart from signs of looting, natural weathering, and the encroachment of nature. Ooh, that's freaky. That's crazy. I'm still stunned at the 24,000 years. I know. Like, fucking radium, man. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. I'll watch um, a video of this dude. They, like, snuck in there. You, you know where it said, like, it filled the basement with rainwater? Mm-hmm. He went, like, diving in it. And when I say diving, he was, like, just in shorts. Oh, my gosh. And, like, this radioactive no water. No gear, nothing. Just yeah. camera just, and mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to watch that. Probably dead or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, so the... I don't know why I watch these, like, divers on YouTube. That uh, They have a podcast called Dive Talk. And they were talking about it. <laughs> oh. But I like it. And then I watched another one where this dude was, like, walking through the forest, and he picked up a can and, like, drank from it. What? Yeah. Like, these people are crazy. <laughs> what? Like, they're asking for something. Yeah, they, like, they want... I bet they want, like, superpowers or some shit. Like, they really think they're going to get some superpowers. You're going to get cancer. For real. Like, come on. Fuck your thyroid up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, We've seen what kinds. what radi- radiation and radium can do mm-hmm. to people. You're just touching it and mess you up. Yep. Now stay with the tour. Yeah. Visit around. That's crazy. It would be so cool to see that. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, scary. Cool. Yep. What are your thoughts? Have you heard of the Chernobyl? The Chernobyl? The <laughs> Chernobyl. Have you heard of it? Um, you know, what are your thoughts on it? Mm-hmm. Curious. Alright, so, um, if you're new to our podcast, we do a question we like to ask each other, and, uh, you guys answer it by, if you're just listening, you can head over to our YouTube channel, you can ask it on our Facebook, I mean, answer it on our Facebook. (laughs) Um, so, today's question, if you had a head-up display that showed three stats about any person you looked at, what three stats would you want it to show? Okay, so... What would be like levels, like a level bar? Oh, I didn't think of it like that. What would it be like that, or what would it be like? Hmm. Oh, um, I wasn't thinking like that at all. So I guess that would make sense because I know one I want, but would it be like a level bar? <laughs> I guess yeah, it could be some sort of like a level bar. One being the worst, or okay. like the lowest, and ten the highest. Honesty. Uh yeah. What would be their level? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a good bar level thing. Mm-hmm. So, honesty. Three stats. Would that be a stat? Or yeah, what? that would okay. be a stat. You doing. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I probably would have gone with honesty, too. Mm-hmm. But I'll say, I'll say one just in case I think of something else until then. So, I would want, like, loyalty. Yeah. yeah. Loyalty. 
Yeah. I'd, I think I would take loyalty over honesty. Because yeah. you don't have to be honest with me 100% of the time so long as you're loyal to me 100% yeah. of the time. Because if you're loyal to me, then I know you're being honest and you're not like, you know. That's true. That's true. But I want honesty. I don't want loyalty. <laughs> I want it all. <laughs> Do you have a second one? Mm, thinking. Mm, three stats about a person. Um, I want to know their like anger level. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the timber level. Or like their... Snapping level, yeah, like <laughs> something. snapping level, something like how 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 quick, how easy, how yeah, yeah I could easy. see that. How easily are they triggered, or yeah. or how hot can they get? Yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, that would be a good one. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think. So I said loyalty, and I think I would also do like genuinity. Like, how genuine they are, how genuine of a person they are. Mm -hmm. I think that also kind of has honesty tied into it. Yeah. So those two kind of encompass honesty, but they also have their own separate. That'd be my two so far. Hmm. Now, our third one. Let's see. If I looked at a person, what would I want to know about them? Honesty, like anger... Do you have another one? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Ooh. It's hard. This is really hard. It is. Because if you only had to pick three. I I, I keep kind of going back and forth. Like, well, not back and forth, but back to, like, humor. Like, how oh, funny they are. But, but I'm also, like, I don't really care. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I think I'd be okay with finding out. Yeah. I don't think that would be something I'd want to see right off the bat. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, adventurous, but I feel like that's something you could figure out, too. Like, But then you'd have, like, honesty, too, because then you, that's a question you could ask them. Like, how adventurous are you? And if they're like, oh, yeah, I'm very, you know, very... Oh, what if the stats could go up and down by, if, like, with each thing they'd say? Like, that you'd have their overall stat, but every time they'd say something, it would go up and down, oh, like, about how dang. honest, like, a lie detector, you know, oh about, like, how honest they are, how loyal they like, are with that. honesty one's going down. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure you're that adventurous? <laughs> That'd be interesting. But I don't know, if, I feel like... Like, those first two would be better than, like, adventurous. Cause yeah. I feel like that don't really matter. Yeah. Kind of like, like the humor thing. It's like something you can figure out. Like, you don't need to yeah. know that right off the bat. I need to know the important stuff about a person. Yeah. Yeah. This <laughs> is hard. Is it? <laughs> this is hard. Hmm. What are some other traits? <laughs> um, I think... Uh, Man, this like, is hard. And you said genuine. That's a good one. Well, like, mm-hmm. I like people that like treat other people good, but I feel like that's genuine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say genuine as your third if if you wanted to, because you don't have to say that. Yeah, but I'm trying to think of another. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's <laughs> that me too. I was said. like, I want to say this, but I <laughs> think this. Um, I think. Uh, if you could sum it up to, like, a one word or something like that, I think I would want to know, like, if that person, something about their, like, ambitious, ambitious, they're ambitious. Are they ambitious? Okay. Because, so like, if they're not ambitious, then they probably don't have a good job that they like or a job that, you know, whatever, or they're, you know, mom and boys and they stay at home and play video games or not that that's a bad thing, but you know what I'm referring mm-hmm. to, right? 
my <laughs> past experience. Um, you know, if you're not ambitious to get out and, you know, you, you can do these things, but you also have priorities and mm-hmm. all this stuff. I want, I want them to be ambitious. True. I think that'd be my third. Yeah. So what I say first, <laughs> uh, genuinity, um, how ambitious they are and how loyal they are. Yeah. so honesty the anger um yeah how lazy they are (laughs) so their laziness level yeah i need to see that bar yeah that could be handed in with kind of ambitious like yeah uh yeah i'd see that yeah i need that level (laughs) (laughs) it's okay to have a laziness to you but like if you're a nine all the time Man. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there's another word for that, though. Because I feel like there's another word for that. I feel like laziness works. Yeah, it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also feel like it could also, like, I don't know. I feel like oh, there's something. What is it? There's another word for it that I'm thinking of. Um, it's like, um... Like, caring and helping, like, you know, mm-hmm. giving. I was going to say caring. Like, how caring they are, but I didn't know if that was, like, stupid. <laughs> Cut all that out, and now you mm-hmm. can start again. <laughs> yeah, so if I had, like, okay, not wanting to add a fourth one, but I also would think about, like, giving. Mm-hmm. Like, how giving they are. How how much of themselves do they give to other yeah. people? Like, Yeah, I was you know. thinking, like, generosity, but, like, not in, like given to me or anything like giving me stuff but like people yeah that's a good one generosity Mm -hmm. i I would yeah i would add that in there too somewhere fit fit that under we can have four (laughs) generosity that's the one we'd share yeah (laughs) but yeah okay so that that's good that's Mm -hmm. that's a good list that's hard yeah. All you young listeners out there, if there's any young one listening, that's what you need to look for in a, in a partner. There you go. <laughs> Those things. Or even a friend. Yeah, even a friend, too. You definitely want loyal friends mm-hmm. and honest friends and mm-hmm. trustworthiness. I mean, definitely. that goes in with all that, but yeah. yeah. So if you had a heads-up display that showed three stats about anybody, what three stats would you want to see? What would be the first three things that you saw about a person, you know? Mm-hmm. Those three vulnerable things about a human. What would you want to know or see? That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be. And I think it'd be so cool too. Like if it, if like it's if it kept changing oh, as you're no. talking to somebody. Like it's maybe like not if I had the Odyssey <laughs> one. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be funny. But what's but... it doing? We look at that. Stop looking at me. <laughs> oh man, the world might be a better place. Then. I'm not lying. I'm not <laughs> lying. <laughs> what if you had to choose your three? Like. You get, like, a list. You have to choose your three. I was actually thinking, what if you went up to somebody and you got to choose their three, and oh. that person didn't know what you chose? Oh. So they don't know what you're, you're very seeing. Very Black Mirror. <laughs> very Black Mirror. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I want to rewatch that now. Yeah. Oh, oh. so good. We need to have an episode where we talk discuss Black Mirror oh, episodes. It reminds me of that one that where they rate each other, you know? Oh, yes. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Black if you haven't seen Black Mirror, <laughs> need another you kind of watch it. Oh, I know, for sure. Yep. All right, well, that's today's episode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I hope y'all enjoyed it.
birthday month birthday month it's march 25th by the way (laughs) yes march 25th so we i picked out some special episodes yeah special for my birthday (laughs) it's gonna be a good month yeah we're gonna have fun yay (laughs) so yeah head over to our facebook page give it a like subscribe to our channel um all of the areas places areas all of the places that you can listen to our podcast make sure you subscribe um follow us uh we can rate on spotify and apple i still have not looked up to see if we can rate on google or not (laughs) but anywhere you know give us a rating or whatever um let us know down below what would you choose and what you thought of today's story so yeah all right As always, stay Stay curious. curious.